Hello and welcome to Keeping It Civil, a legal, regulatory and current affairs podcast brought to you by Hassan's international law firm in Gibraltar. Joining me in the studio today is former governor and enduring good friend of Gibraltar, Lieutenant General Ed Davis. He joins me to discuss the work of the Gibraltar chapter of the Commonwealth Enterprise and Investment Council, but also to reflect on his time here uh, in Gibraltar and the work he's been doing since he left back in February 2020. For those who don't know him, Lieutenant General Davis has a distinguished record of public service, having served as a senior Royal Marines officer before being appointed as Her Late Majesty's representative for Gibraltar from 2016 to 2020. As Governor, he was responsible in partnership with the elected Head of Government for Gibraltar's foreign affairs, defence and internal security. He also supported the Government of Gibraltar in their negotiations for the development of Gibraltar's future legal, financially, regulatory and digital framework for the jurisdiction's overarching political and socio-economic relationship with the UK, the EU and non-EU countries after the UK's exit from the EU. Well, we're kind of still in the thick of that, aren't we? So, still goes on. Still goes on, yeah. So prior to this appointment, Lieutenant General Davis served as Deputy Commander of NATO Land Forces from 2014 to 2016 and as Commander General of the Royal Marines, UK's amphibious forces from 2011 to 2014. Lieutenant General Davis is also Vice President of the Naval Children's Fund Charity, Chair of the Entain Foundation, Trustee of the White Ensign Association Charity, Ambassador for the Bowra, have I pronounced it right? Foundation Charity. And a liveryman of the Worshipful Company of Placerers in London. He was made member, officer and commander of the British Empire, an officer of the US Legion of Merit in 2011, a companion of the Bath in 2014, and Knight of St. John of Jerusalem in 2016. Welcome to the studio, and thank you very much for coming in on what I know will be a very busy couple of days for you here in Gibraltar this week. Well, good morning, Salwin. Thanks very much for that very generous introduction. And it's great to be back in Gibraltar, and it's great to be here in Hassan's talking to some old friends and uh, colleagues. Fantastic. And how often do you find yourself coming back here just to set the tone? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm lucky that, you know, we meet up quite regularly because you, I know you do come uh, often to Gibraltar in your current role, which we'll discuss a little bit, uh, a little bit further, further along. Well, I'm very fortunate because I have two roles, which you, you've mentioned, obviously the one with the Commonwealth Enterprise and Investment Council, but I also chair a charitable foundation for the Entain group, which brings me back to Gibraltar probably about six to eight times a year. So okay. I'm, I'm very lucky and hope I'm not coming back too frequently, but I very much enjoy doing so. No, 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 I don't think that's possible. No, not at all. You know, as I prepared for the for our conversation and, you know, I, as we discussed, I, I thought it was very important to touch on your life after you left in February 2020 because I, I, I think there'd be a genuine interest given given the nature and quality of, of the spell you had here as governor, uh, that it would be something that our listeners would be very interested to hear. And as I looked at the footage of the day you left, you know, I was seized by the rather violent memory of how, how you know, just a few weeks after you left, the whole of the rest of the world changed because we locked down for the pandemic. And, uh, you know, I, I wondered whether in those months, well, perhaps in the years since, how that went for you, what that, what that change represented for you. I mean, that's, that was quite significant upheaval, I imagine. Absolutely. I mean, on the 18th of February 2020, nobody, including me, had any true appreciation of, of the change that was going to befall all of us. Mm. And, um, you know, personally, I left Gibraltar um, very sadly. I didn't particularly want to go. Mm. Um, 
but you know, you have a tenure and it ends. And I got very connected with Gibraltar and enjoyed walking Gibraltar's path for four years um, with the great Gibraltarian people. So I was leaving not only Gibraltar, but I was also leaving public service. So I got back to the UK with a lot of plans to, to reflect and try and work out what I was going to do next. And of course, then the pandemic hit. And whether you were an individual, an institution or a nation, that basically put everything on pause. Mm. And we all entered into that, that, that space, uh, into that time, ne never really quite appreciating when we were going to get out of it and when, mm. when our lives, be they personal or professional, were going to start again. So um, I shared that with everybody else that went through it across the globe. Mm. I, mean, I think it's, it's fair to say. But I think for me personally, going into the, the pandemic, having just completed 40 years of public mm. service, not knowing what was next, not having a path to even sort of explore what's next, was, was a time of change, transition and challenge personally. Yeah. Um, but we've come through it and I've been lucky enough to pick up some roles. My wife has left British Airways as well. And we're now in a new phase of our lives, both professionally and personally, enjoying it. Lucky enough to have some good opportunities to come back to the places that we, we know and enjoy being in, but also have new experiences in my roles, but also with Lorraine um, as we tick off some of our bucket list of course, of course, ambitions. Of course. So, yeah. it's, so it's good to be back. Um, a tricky period for all of us, but we're through that now and we're looking to the future. Yeah, I don't think it's it's a period that anybody looks upon particularly fondly. I mean, some will have had better and worse experiences, of course, but, you know, the sense of the endlessness of it all and the uncertainty was was was, was not positive for most people, I would imagine. And so professionally, what was next for, for Lieutenant Ed, Davi Ed Davis when eventually things started coming around and, and, and normalising in inverted commas? And I think, you know, we kind of remove the inverted commas by now, probably, but mm -hmm. I mean, that's another discussion. What, what, what were the next steps eventually? Well, after my four decades in public service in the Royal Marines and then latterly I was working for the Foreign Commonwealth and Development Office as, as governor, what I wanted to do was find opportunities where I could take my leadership and management skills as they are and experiences um, as they were and take them into the not-for-profit and profit sectors and find opportunities for me to try and apply them in a way which I found fulfilling, hopefully was beneficial to the people I was working for um, and, uh, you know, d develop my experiences should we say, in the commercial um, non-profit area, which I hadn't had the opportunity to do. So I've started that journey, yes, after about 18 months of sitting around mm. through the pandemic. Mm. And, you know, I've only really started that, that um, experience of, of a different environment. But as I've found that once you get the language and understand the, the nature of a business. Some of the principles I learned in leadership and management are very transferable. And um, I'm just enjoying that opportunity to do so. And my work with the Commonwealth Enterprise and Investment Council is, is one of the, the three strands that I've got. And, and that brings me to, to ask specifically about that, that current role of yours. 
um, which I imagine is taking up the lion's share of, of, of your time, uh, or, or at least a, a significant amount of it, given that there's a lot of travel involved, backwards and forwards, to, to Gibraltar and to all the other events that that the council is, is organizing around the world. How did how did you come to be the head of the Gibraltar chapter uh, of CWIC? I And... Um, and how how has your tenure been so far? What's your experience of it and, and of the activity that we're seeing in, in, in that context? Well, building on what I previously said, when I left Gibraltar, I wanted to find ways which I could continue to connect and, you know, in a small way, help Gibraltar to move forward. And um, f- through um, Lord Marland, who's, who's the chairman of Seawick, mm-hmm. uh, um, who I knew, he connected with me and we had a chat and we found out that actually from what he had, um, I suppose, understood Gibraltar's direction of travel in terms of its business development, um, that having a branch of Seawick in Gibraltar would be helpful to facilitate that. And um, he very kindly gave me the opportunity to lead that effort as, as the chair of the branch um, so uh, I, I was only too pleased to take that on, A, because it um, was investing in an organisation called the Commonwealth, which I think has huge opportunities, uh, which I think so far have maybe not been um, leveraged and harnessed as much as they, they should be. Um, and to have that opportunity to come in as the, the chair from the, the inception of the branch here was a, was a great opportunity, which we've done. We started um, operation, so to speak, on the 23rd of June, 2021. Mm-hmm. And so we've just gusting towards two years. I would say we've reached first base in terms of setting up an organization, mm-hmm. developing our processes of outreach to develop business relationships for Gibraltar. And we've also got um, eight partners who've come in from Gibraltar's business sectors for us to facilitate along that along that path of developing those relationships, which hopefully will deliver you know, very beneficial and 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 significantly tangible business benefit. Yes, they say necessity is the mother of invention, right? And I'm sure for for the for Gibraltar certainly Brexit, like for the UK, um, has helped cajole us almost into looking in in a, in a direction that we just didn't need to before before at least that we didn't consider we needed to despite the fact that the opportunity was always there um but not necessarily exploited or explored the way it could have been and the way it is now uh, because of the change in circumstances and i think that's very natural and i and certainly from our experience it's it's a discussion with counterparts that is is proving very interesting indeed. Uh, there's there are so many new perspectives that you know in in the in, certainly in my professional uh, life so far, I'd not yet come across because I'd not had a need uh, to to be in touch with or explore that part of the world in in, in you know in all fifty six countries as it is now, uh, simply because it was just much easier to look at the UK and to look at Europe where we had plenty of opportunity, more opportunity that we could then we could leverage. Uh, So it's certainly fascinating from that uh, perspective. Um, I I had the benefit of speaking to to, to Lord Swire uh, recently as well, and he's the vice chairman, and we were exploring, you know, the importance of 
the organization in in shaping and, and driving development in the inter interconnectivity between the members of the Commonwealth from a business and trade perspective and 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 some of the some of the value that we that we are we are seeing is being extracted from that uh, and what I wanted to say that you know um, for Hassan's as a strategic partner uh, the opportunity of CWIC is is very clear um, developing our connections in in a global network of law firms and developing ever closer relationships with our counterparts in such a such a large and diverse area of, of, of activity and geographic area is certain to give rise to opportunities, a few of which we've already been exploring, as you know, because we've been working with you on it. Um, Gibraltar has, you know, for the sake of the listeners who are who are tuning in from the Commonwealth and who do not yet know about the Gibraltar uh, proposition, is that we've been leaders in the establishment of financial services, gaming and crypto regulatory environments that have, you know, thanks to the imagination and hard work of many professionals uh, straddling administrations over the years, uh, become world-leading frameworks which have attracted business from all over the world. So, And it's because of the access that we have to the, EU, to the UK as well as our geographic proximity to the EU, it's a proposition that sells itself. That said, I think the nature of the opportunity in the Commonwealth context does span many areas where a law firm in Gibraltar might not be able to add or derive much value, but that's to be understood because there's so many areas of activity. Um, we have other strategic partners here in Gibraltar as well, right? And I wondered whether maybe you could discuss a little bit about how their how their experiences, uh, how they how they're experiencing Seawick so far in terms of the opportunities that they're exploring and how it's working for them. It might be useful for the listeners to understand that it's not just about law firms and services. There's, it's about product and manufacturing and agriculturing on the whole Commonwealth scale. Uh, I mean, uh, I couldn't sort of endorse what you've said um, more strongly, really, in terms of what the opportunity is and how Gibraltar seized it. I mean, from my perspective, one of Gibraltar's key... Um, unique selling points is its ability in a small place to bring all the players together, whichever sector you're talking about, whether that's government, the regulatory authorities, the businesses themselves, and some of the supporting associations. You know, you have the ability to bring people together, to come together, to work out joint plans to seize business opportunity because geographically you are close, people are close, people know each other. And I think that's a, a USP which Gibraltar harnesses, harnesses very well. And because it harnesses it very well, it tends to, and I think the, the focus is the service industry, but we'll come back to a couple of other examples that maybe aren't in the service industry. But I think most people would recognise and accept that Gibraltar's future is a service in industry, digital uh, service industry um, driven economy mm. in, in large part, but not exclusively. Mm. But by coming together using that USP, Gibraltar is able to establish against you know global demand, niche pathfinder and assured services, which particularly the developing world are looking forward as they try and jump from 20th century solutions to 21st century solutions. And whether it's financial services, whether it's online sports betting and gaming, whether it's insurance, wealth management. Gibraltar offers some outstanding world-leading services, 
which I think are very attractive to particularly em emerging countries, emerging markets. More broadly, um, two of our partners are vehicle distributors mm -hmm. um, who, again, have a global reputation for selling bespoke vehicles, um, quite often in support of UK NGOs, UK government, but also commercial entities, and quite often, again, into um, emerging um, emerge, emerging economies, um, developing countries, mm -hmm. and then you know we're, we're looking at also some of the sort of the very small um, startups. Now, whether that is um, a company that produces Gibraltarian gin, through to some of the you know clever apps that you can put on a phone, you know mm -hmm. beyond financial services, yeah. that there are there are lots of service related but not directly service products that I think Gibraltar can can sell into the world which are, are unique and attractive to to the customers outside Gibraltar yes it's it certainly are been our experience so far in the gosh, nearly two years now that we've been involved as strategic partners that it is a it is very much a two-way thing so you know we're out there trying to connect with the Commonwealth but we're also seeing uh, the Commonwealth connecting with us, and that I think has to be the the ultimate objective. And you know, we're very we're very happy at this stage that we have had the opportunity of dealing with partners in places as far flung as as Ghana, with whom we might not have had any kind of contact in the past, whereby we've explored how Gibraltar can act not just as a conduit for business into the UK or business setting up in Gibraltar directly as well, but certainly how. You know, the expertise of Gibraltar's stakeholders can be leveraged in the context of developing and, and, and increasingly sophisticated systems in those parts of the world that have hitherto maybe not considered the need for or not even had the need for certain sophisticated reg regulatory systems. And I think that as, as we move forward, and because you said earlier, I think you were absolutely right, we're in phase one, as we develop past phase one, and see the rest of the Commonwealth developing at pace as well, because some, so many of these economies have, you know, leapfrogged other economies in terms of adoption of technology, like mobile, for example, where you know it's <clears throat> the adoption there has been much faster because it's much easier to deploy mo mobile than it is cable infrastructure. I think we'll see a commensurate development in in sophistication and requirement for the kind of things that we might be able to, you know, uh, apply our experience to. So we're very keen to have conversations with stakeholders who are interested in that kind of development as well. But in the context of developing what we're doing with CWIC and CWIC in Gibraltar in particular, you know, what's on the agenda for 2023? What's the strategy? How, how do you see it panning out? Well, I'll come back to the agenda for 2023 in a moment, but just to sort of pile on to what you've said about the two-way street, because it is a two-way street. Mm. I think Gibraltar in particular is a humble place with the humble people who realize that this is about the power of combinations. And I've already talked about the USP or one of the USPs of Gibraltar's business ecosystem being everybody coming together to work together, mm -hmm. to deliver together. But of course, this is, this is only good for today. What we're looking for is, is, is building for tomorrow. And building to tomorrow, to my mind, brings means bringing in new uh, new partners mm -hmm. to, to join that ecosystem, 
to enhance their ability to do what they do <clears throat> to enhance the Gibraltar ecosystem, mm. business ecosystems, ability to compete and win and exploit that um, Commonwealth advantage. So it is a two-way street and it is about harnessing the power of combinations. The network that Seawick has, it's got 120 um, at least partners now, both government and business. So it's a huge range across a huge number of countries that actually can, can look at Gibraltar, see how the business ecosystem is set up, identify a place for them, and you know Gibraltar's arms are open to bring them into that. Mm -hmm. And then enhance the business ecosystem here, and then reach out again um, to the markets across the globe. And I think that's very much the strategy that CWIC is here to help in terms of informing facilitating and promoting um, that business ecosystems with all its partners um, and offer something that I think is quite unique um, in terms of, you know, a joined up approach to providing a solution that people want. So in terms of activities um, for, for this year, there's, there's four strands to that. We work with our strategic partners to basically design bespoke engagement activities. Um, that can be on rock, off rock. It can be reaching out um, or bringing people in, as, we, as we've talked about. So that's the first strand, is sitting down with a, a companies, whether it's a SANS, whether it's Capuros, um, whether it's one of um, the, the other strategic partners we've got, and saying, right, what are your business objectives for this year? What do we need to do to inform that, facilitate and promote that? And so we do a program of those. And those are growing because we're, as you've alluded to, getting connections in places like Ghana, India, Bangladesh, Rwanda, which allow us to do that. The second strand is, um, is organizing delegate visits to those markets across the Commonwealth, which are attractive to our strategic partners. So that's the second strand. Um, the third strand is, and you alluded to it, with one of the newer initiatives is actually setting up events in London hosted by Seawick Gibraltar with our strategic business partners to bring in those potential partners that we want to work with, be they um, government decision makers, be they business leaders who have a footprint in London so to bring them together in London, um, maybe it's their interlocutors if it isn't themselves, mm. and create a conversation which, again, we can bring together routinely and very effectively without having to have huge um, time spent traveling and huge expense incurred, incurred from doing it. So that's the third strand is, is, is a program of events to bring, probably focusing on sector by sector, mm. but really drilling into core, tangible, defined business objectives to deliver those. And then finally, CWIC uh, has a program of activities for all their 120 plus partners. And then the next big one is in November, towards the end of November, the Commonwealth Trade and Investment Summit, where all those partners will be represented. Again, a lot of governmental decision makers will be brought in to speak 
Um, a lot of business leaders will be in to listen and engage. And that's a great opportunity for doing the connecting, the engaging with what you think might well be a fruitful place with a fruitful market, which can lead to some business growth for your company. So those are the four strands um, and a range of activities um, that support them going forward for the rest of the rest of the year. So lots, lots to be done. Mm -hmm. um, lots to be, I think, um, <clears throat> leveraged and, you know, hopefully lots for people to, to, to come in and take part of, but also, you know, we are here to design what the strategic partners of Gibraltar, Seawick branch want. So mm. again, it's, a, it's always evolving, driven by what the partners want, driven by the business objectives. And Seawick, Gibraltar, like the rest of Seawick, is only going to be successful at the end of the day that a strategic partner has tangible business benefit sure. defined by reputation, brand, brand penetration, mm. or or um, company growth. It's got to be tangible or, or else partners aren't going to stay, new ones aren't going to come. So we're very focused on de delivering tangible outcomes here. And you said there's eight partners. Is there is there a magic number in your head of, you know, how many partners we have in Gibraltar to, you know, what in terms of a vision or ambition perhaps, uh, where you think the sweet spot might be? And, and again, you know, it's a... Well, I think, I mean, again, um, our, our vision and our strategy... And, and we're currently resourced to deliver the, the tangible objectives we've got. And whether it's a magic number or just a number, but it says for, for us, we, we believe about 12 mm -hmm. um, is, with our current construct and capacity, is a number which we can deliver truly the tangible effects that yep. businesses want. We can grow that, but obviously we need to grow our capacity to do that. But the way I see it working is that Businesses will come into and become part of the, mem the membership to deliver tangible business objectives. Once they've done that, they'll step out. Mm -hmm. Others will step in. Yeah. So, you know, at the moment, the concept is that perhaps at any one time, having a membership of about 12 is right. But it'll be a membership that is constantly changing as people come in and out to deliver their objectives, step out, mm. exploit and, and sustain those objectives and then maybe come back in. And, uh, you know, over time, I would hope that we can have partners that cover all the spectrum of, of businesses on Gibraltar, as we've already said, predominantly focused in the service sector because that's at the heart of Gibraltar's uh, socioeconomic um, well-being mm -hmm. would, would be my humble view on it, but also some of the goods and the goods and products that are also being produced on Gibraltar. Um, so, you know, it, it's there to be done. It's an exciting. I think the opportunity, is, as we've talked about, has always been there. And I think Gibraltar is on a front foot of realising that potential that Lord Squire talked about in terms of the Commonwealth yeah, yeah. advantage, which is, which is I, I don't know where there is a comparative organisation that Gibraltar can be a part of that would offer greater greater opportunity. Yes, certainly not one that we just recently left, of course. But uh, yes, I mean, uh, it, it, it is, I mean, I, I wonder whether perhaps it is a question of, you know, up to, up achieving a critical mass almost to say that you could, you know, or successfully organize 
uh, events here in Gibraltar to draw people from the Commonwealth here because I've you know I've been in business development for the last fifteen years and whenever I travel as as positive as conversation may be with whoever you're seeing and you know pitching the Gibraltar proposition to them there's never anything more effective than actually having them come here and see it for themselves and with their own eyes that is just so much more remarkably effective and you know so many people have come and never left because because they they set foot here and i think if if one of the ultimate objectives is to have at least an event uh to bring some people here and and to coalesce around the proposition and the people uh I, it's certainly something that would be very worth our while and we that we'd be very very happy to be to continue to be part of uh for the for, for the foreseeable future um I mean, that doesn't need saying, does it? But I'll say it anyway. Clearly, the government of Gibraltar is is on side because post-Brexit, this is just an extremely relevant and hugely appealing proposition in terms of pursuing opportunity beyond our, our until we left, uh, hunting grounds. So that you're enjoying the support of the government and Visit Gibraltar is, is one of the partners and as is as is Gibraltar Finance. Is that correct? It, absolutely. Yeah. Can I just, again, um, just add a bit to, to what we finished up discussing on, on, on the last um, piece. Mm -hmm. I, I want to be absolutely clear and remove any doubt. Gibraltar trying to access Commonwealth markets is not in competition to EU markets, UK mm -hmm. markets or any other markets. This is a complementary effort. So, you know, again, um, I just want to make that point clear mm, because I think it's important that Gibraltar and everybody else has a, access to as many markets as they possibly can. Absolutely. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, getting to your question there, I think the Majesty's, his, his Majesty, sorry, mm. his it Majesty, takes a bit of getting used does to, a bit of, yeah, of after course. 40 years of saying it. Yes, of course. Um, uh, the... His Majesty's Government of Gibraltar are right at the front of that, of recognising that opening up a new market, which is what it is for, for Gibraltar, is a complementary effort, but it's one of significant opportunity and is very supportive. So we have actually three strategic partners. We have effectively um, the Deputy Chief Minister's Office um, as the overarching coordinator of the mm -hmm. government's um, government of Gibraltar's activity in this area. We do have the Gibraltar fin Finance Centre and we do have Visit Gibraltar. So those are three elements that cover um, most of the, if not all of the work that we do. And we'll, we'll bring in other ministers and other ministries as we grow our, our partner base. So they couldn't be more supportive. And again, this, that goes to the heart of, shall I say, the Gibraltar advantage is that his Majesty's Government of Gibraltar are connected mm. to business in a way which um, I think isn't replicated in many places in terms of its um, effectiveness to help business do what business does, which is connect with each other and uh, do deals, um, sell services and products and goods, and ultimately um, achieve social and economic well-being for the jurisdictions that they come from. And and Ed, to the extent that you know the the last few minutes that we've spent talking about see we can everything that it is doing, what it's targeting, and 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 you know how important it is to to work together to to derive maximum benefit from the activities of Seawick in Gibraltar and beyond. Is there anything you would say by way of concluding remarks 
uh, as a pitch to potential future strategic partners here in Gibraltar? Well, fundamentally, I'd say come and have a conversation and let's sit down. We have an in-country director, Jared Peralta, who would be very, very happy to sit down or email or Zoom and just discuss a company's ambition, objectives in terms of their, their business plan and see how we might be able to inform that, facilitate that and promote that. And, you know, I think very quickly um, leveraging CWIC's, you know, global reach in terms of um, partners, mm. I think very quickly they'll get a good idea whether there is something in this that's tangible for them to to be able to harness. And um, But let's have the conversation. Let's try and harness the power of combinations. Come and join the great business ecosystem in Gibraltar. Be a part of it because it's got a great future. And um, at the very least, have a chat to, to confirm or deny whether there's, there's benefit for you. So don't just be sitting there thinking... Um, should I or shouldn't I have the conversation and then mm. you can decide, knowing, knowing the facts. Great. Well, um, Ed, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you join me here in the studio today. I'm really grateful for you taking the time. And it's it's been just as interesting as I expected to discuss everything that's being done in Seawick. We're fully on board with it and looking forward to the next couple of years at least of, of participating with you in your initiatives. So thank you very much for coming. Um, and to our listeners, well, thank you very much for, for tuning in once more. Um, if you liked the podcast, please share it and, and like it because it'll help us with the algorithms. We'll have full discussions of that at some point. Um, and thank you very much for listening. We'll, we'll catch you at the next one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Selman, for the opportunity.